Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. Hey there, it's it's time again, uh, according to the calendar, according to my watch. Like clockwork we are with yeah. these episodes, yeah. aren't we? We're trying to get better about it. it We've been it, saying that for two years. No, but we are. We're, st- we're still trying. I mean, it's, uh, people really have to be very generous about their forbearance with us to find this podcast. If you watched a TV show and they maybe they were on one week, but then they weren't on another week, or they came on a different day of the week, all of it, you'd just say, forget it. I'm done. Right. But you're, you're too unreliable. Yeah. But. Uh, but of course, it's a different time now. These are these all these podcasts all exist. You just have to find them. Right. It takes a little effort. You could binge on all 125 episodes, which is what we would recommend if you should choose to do so. So you've got nothing to do on a a week. Just binge. Yeah. And there's not one dull or stupid nope. moment in any of them. Mm-hmm. They're all scintillating. They're all brilliant. They're all well crafted and they're all meaningful. That's right. Uh, you will you will be so much uh, better you'll, of a person. You will probably you... want to listen to them twice mm-hmm. through. So the first time you binge, go right back to the beginning and do it again. It'd be like like uh, watching all of Shakespeare's plays and reading all of his sonnets in one sitting. Uh, that's what it. That was what. Think it of how be. improved you'll yeah. be. Indeed. Ooh, did you hear that? I don't know if that came over the uh, the podcast, but there was a big old J that just flew by. Yeah. We are. Yeah, he's right there. We are recording this at. Uh, he's from Toronto, I believe. <laughs> we are recording this at uh, Lisa's abode. Yeah, look how dirty my windows are. Good well, grief! Looks pretty good to me. Yeah. Uh, you should go see my car if you could see. Yeah. My why car. do we keep recording it from my house? What's going on at your house? Do you have some like some secrets going on over there? Do you have some? Maybe bodies that you don't want me to see i haven't i have not been to your house in probably six months oh no it's not been that long it's been a little while but not that long uh i uh I, there's nothing I, I think we're gonna sell our house so that's so you don't want me to come in and mess it up we're getting it all tidied up that's true no, no, i no, do no, make a mess no, when i come over no, you're not that bad but the worst part is i've had to kind of i've had to kind of strip everything out of my studio uh, all the remember all the stuff I had on the I walls. I already saw that. Yeah, we yeah. put that picture. That's up. kind of a drag. I missed. Oh. Hey, where's that? Where's that picture? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It's in a box somewhere. Yeah. I, I'm my, I'm I'm depressed about this move. My heart's not in it. I don't want to, but we we need to. So okay. Don't, don't get me started on all that right. sad subject. On a happier topic, I I and I and I'm just gonna say straight out that it's a plug 
for a new TV show. It's not a not a retitled TV show. It is new. It is fundamentally different looking and everything. That my son and I, Chris, are launching and have launched by the time you hear this. It's it's called Up Late Northwest or Up Late NW. Yay! Yay! Congratulations! It's been all really hard to put this together, and it's it. It's, we had a previous show called The Two O Six. So that is gone, defunct, no more. That's bye right. Bye. That's correct. Wow! It's a new show, and uh, part of the reason we are doing the new show and why we have changed the name of the show is because now it uh, has pushed out a little farther, bigger footprint, as they like to say. So we're not only on in Seattle. On following Saturday Night Live on King TV. So that's like 105 in the morning. And then it repeats the next day on Saturday. But we are also now, I'm happy to say, on in Portland. We're on in Spokane. We're on in Eugene, Oregon, and Medford. Medford. I have always wanted <laughs> to do on a, sh- a show out of Medford. And now that my dream came true. Hip happening bur- burb yeah, of. Yeah. of- yeah, and so all the all the towns in Oregon and Washington that receive those channels in Spokane, it would be other stations in, over in Eastern Washington. Uh, my hometown of Bend, Oregon, is now be able to watch the show uh, because they 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 pick up the station that's in Portland. It's Coin TV in Portland, and because Coin is a CBS station, they aren't running our show after Saturday Night Live at at one o five. They're running at eleven thirty, so it's it's on at a Kind of a more. Do you guys have a website time. and a Facebook page and all of that? Oh yeah! What are you kidding? What? Yes, of course we have that. What's it called? I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> you're I, such, you really shouldn't be the person yeah. plugging. Yeah, show. you're right about that. <laughs> Uplatenw.com. We're just getting started, so we got a Facebook page. All these things are you, you know, like it's like the show is out in front of the. You know, in the old wagon trains that have the scout that's out in front of the wagon train. In this case, the wagon train's out in front of the scout. Yeah. So we got he's got to do some catching up. That's but. very exciting. So when does it premiere? It has premiered. As you hear this, it oh. began uh, September. What was it? Nineteenth, I think. Yeah. So yeah. It's okay. September nineteenth, Saturday, and uh, and then there's the new second episode, and then there'll be well, there'll be four like four episodes in a row. Now, for people who don't know you, who might have just, I don't know, stumbled onto this podcast, maybe they lost a bet, they were supposed to sit down and listen to this, what kind of show is it? Is it, how is it different from the 206, or or is it not different? What is it? there's some differences, and it's in the way we stage it, really. It's uh, the difference uh, in in the approach, the look, we got a new open, new new thing, we we format it differently. Is there going to be a live audience? There's still a live audience, so far. And mostly live, and then we we also have uh, music every week. So we feature bands and, uh, and musicians awesome. and that kind of stuff. And and uh, we there's a there's a stand up comic every week, first rate. I mean, they, we have not had a a dud comic yet. They're all so great. Uh, and uh, we have Kermit Apio on. Uh, nice. Anybody remember trying to find a song on a cassette? Remember those days. <laughs> Yeah, bring a book and a lunch. It's an afternoon, right? And then a guy named Ralph Porter. You got kids, take care of your kids. That's what I'm going to tell you all right now. Take care every now and then. You do got to beat them down, though. Uh, <laughs> but on the real, don't none of my sons mess with me because they know pops can still get it in. 
was still pow, and they'd be like, oh, dad is quick with them hands. I'd be like, yeah, you see how your head went back? <laughs> Look like a Pez dispenser. I don't know if you know what that is. Anyway, it's, it's fun stuff, and you can check it out, and it'll all be online, ultimately, if you don't happen to want to take time to record it on your TV set. But it's called Up Late Northwest, and so there you go. Congratulations. Thanks. It's fun. It's exhausting. I, I can't keep doing it much longer. Well, but you're, you know, how old you are now. I know. I mean, I... Geez. Do you have to, like, take a nap? I, I mean, I'm, I have to tell you, Lisa, I am... I get completely exhausted. I mean, I go... I'm just walking in my sleep. And um, and then after we did the shows the other night, I get home and I go to bed and then I wake up in the middle of the night and my feet are killing me. My, I'm getting cramps in my legs. Ugh. I'm standing around. So I'm jumping out of bed trying to get the cramps to go away. Uh, it, it's kind of punishing. It's kind of a very physical thing. You think it's all just writing jokes and planning sketches, but it... it and there's looking a, there's good. A, there's a physical uh, aspect to it, too. Oh, somebody that? somebody just plopped a great big box down on your front oh, door. Oh, yay, Amazon came. Thank you. He said you're welcome. Yay. Yeah, there he goes. What's in there? That's the Amazon. Uh, he, uh, no, wait, look, he's Amazon. leaving by drone. Oh, <laughs> little teeny man got back in his drone and left. It's a huge box. You want to you go get it? No, I don't right want to go get it. It's not going to get wet It's there, on the it? porch, right? It's raining right now. Is yeah. it on the porch? Oh, oh then oh, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, Quincy huge. Quincy isn't peeing on it, is he? Not so far. Okay. Quincy's her dog, by the way, not her husband, <laughs> in case you're just joining us. Um, so to back up a little bit, Lisa and I uh, first met years ago when it was really near the beginning of our radio careers. Now, the reason I'm so old right now is because... Of me? Uh, no, it's because I really began in radio... And and on TV, very late uh, in 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 the game. I mean, I didn't do it like right out of college. I I veered more off into doing advertising and promotion sort of work for many years. I, I did do disc jockey stuff at radio stations, but mostly back when they were called disc jockeys. That's right. They're now now they're still jockeys. called DJs, but they don't do the same. I think sort they're of called thing. air personalities. DJs. Now. Well, yeah, on radio stations, but at at you oh, know, weddings and right, things. They right. Got, oh, we got a DJ coming. Right. And, yeah. and, and they always That's true. they always sell that as if hey, isn't that great? We're going to yeah, have a, I'm DJ a DJ there. Yeah. And I think, well, who cares? Yeah, that isn't. If you're going to have a live performer there, that's cool. But we're going to have a DJ there. Yeah. Wow, whoopee! <laughs> I guess there, there. I guess there's some skills involved, but sort of lost on me. But anyway, uh, so so I got started in, in the on on camera and then the on air part of radio rather late in the game because I purposely diverted myself when I first started in radio. I think I've told you this before. Uh, I started working at these small stations, and the common denominator of every radio station in those days was that you would share airtime with other disc jockeys. Most all of whom came from, they had, had multiple jobs in multiple markets. They were very often burnouts uh you know they they would play a long record so they could go out back and have a smoke uh you know and then then when their shift was over they'd go out drinking and then and they were you know i did they've been married three or four times and i just looked at that and i know i'm generalizing but that that's what i saw yeah and i thought i don't want it i don't want that to be me 
So I decided I would go off and be more uh, more involved with advertising and commercials, the people that pay the bills mm-hmm. for radio stations and not a management position, but but more of a utilitarian job like that. So I think that's like interesting that. because most people don't, they get into being a radio DJ because of the ego and want to be on the air and play music I like and you know, lots of people hear me. So that wasn't even appealing to you in that sense. Well, I, I could say it wasn't. I guess it must have been, but I never thought I was very good. And so I felt more comfortable when I could write and produce things that I took some time to do. So that I could craft it and get it just right the way I wanted it. I didn't feel like being a disc jockey is pretty easy. So, and here are the Beatles, and you play the song. Uh, but the idea that uh, the idea of being on a talk show or something like that, where you have to actually generate conversation and think of things to say, I thought there's no way I can do that ever. Forget it. Heading down to Memphis, dragging a heavy load, cold night wind blowing. On a long, dark stretch of road The night had been a long one The hours were going slow Started getting sleepy, so Turned on my radio And uh, and so I, I just went away from that part of it for a long time, and so I went to work in TV, and I went to different different TV stations in different markets, Eugene and Boise, and then finally wound up in Port in uh, Eugene, uh, I'm sorry, in Seattle, and uh, worked at King TV for a long time. But I was there about 20 years, mostly writing commercials, producing and directing commercials, and and promos, which are promotional thing. They're really commercials uh, about the TV station. And then I think it was the serendipity of the advent of the show Almost Live that they started up in 1984. Wow. And, and, uh, and so I kind of started, They actually I was approached because I was doing these funny kind of TV commercials and they said, hey, could you write, want to write funny sketches for this show? We And so I did a little of that, and it took a, a while, but as the years went by, pretty soon I was on this show almost live, more and more, and then as a part of that, uh, this radio station upstairs in the same building, King Radio, said, hey, you want to come and do a weekend show on King Radio? And I thought, well, that's great, because I'm here on the weekend anyway, doing this other show, almost live, so I went up and started doing this two-hour radio show. And What was did- it about? Uh, it was just it was talk radio, which I was scared the heck out of me. But but it was only two hours, and I figured I'll I'll get guests and I'll I'll come up with some kind of topics. And Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. It was very lighthearted. I didn't deal with anything heavy, and. Uh, and then the, the station manager said, hey, I listened to your radio show. Uh, I was working up in my attic in my house, and I had the show on the whole time, and I couldn't turn it off. And you sound great. And I said, I do. And he said, yeah. Would you like to do the morning show on our station? 
I said, well, gee, I never really thought about it. Uh, and so I went to think about it. And concurrent with that was this, there was a little bit of trouble in the department that I was working with in TV. Mm-hmm. They were they were kind of changing the guard there. And and I thought, man, man, I, I don't know. It's not much as much fun working down here in TV as it was when I started. And I'm now Plus this you'd ra- been doing it a long time. Yeah, and this radio opportunity, it, it's kind of fun. I enjoy the weekend show. Maybe I'll like this. Anyway, long story short, so I take this radio job in the morning. And you are the traffic person that I've never met you. I've never seen you in person. Yeah, I think I had just started my traffic reporting duties for King 1090, and you came on like a month. Is that right? It it was very quick. Maybe a month, maybe two months after I started. So it would have been 1991. But for all the world, I figured you were there forever because I I never listened to radio until I was on it. Yeah, no, I was And now that I'm off it, I don't listen to it. I was pretty brand new and pretty didn't know what the heck I was doing. And Well, I thought you were great. You were funny, and then you just fit into our show. It was a schizophrenic uh, experience at that radio station because they wanted to be a very serious-minded news service. Right. And they had very serious-minded news people that were there. And then they bring me in, and I'm more goofy or conversational or funny, try to be funny. And so the two elements were kind of at odds with each other. The news people didn't seem to be too accepting of of me at first, and I felt awkward because I think, well, these guys got, they know what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. So it was uncomfortable. But little oasis in that was you every couple times, four times an hour or whatever. So that helped. Oh, but, thanks. But there was, a, there was another woman who was ostensibly a newsreader there, but she uh, decided, no, I don't want to be a newsreader anymore. I want to be the co-host of Pat's radio show. And she got... Her nose bent out of joint when the program director of the station said, no, no, we don't want you to be the co-host. You're you're in the news department. We want you covering news stories, and that's that. And so one day this person decided, I'm not going. They said, we need you to go down to a press conference that the mayor of Seattle is having. Right. And she said, I'm not going. <gasps> I said, what I do you mean? You're, you're, I didn't hear this yeah, part. What do you mean you're not going? I'm not going. I don't want to cover the stupid press conference. What? And uh, and so whether she was fired or quit, uh, I never knew for sure, but she was gone. So now they need a new news person to read the news on my morning show. Right. And so they began this process of discovering and finding a new person to replace her. And, it, and, and she was really good, so it was not going to be easy. And and don't overlook, too, that there had to be... I mean, there's some real formulas in radio in terms of male talent and female talent. So they were specifically looking for a female news reader for, and, for, and for you to compliment as the, male the host. show and to and hopefully generate some chemistry and all that kind of thing. But sure. basically, they wanted somebody that was uh, really good. good. Yeah. A really good newsreader. And not a, a jackass. Had a great voice and could engage in conversations with me or whoever else was on the show. In fact, our friend Dory Monson was a part of that show. He did he, sports. He was sort of a Dory sports, but he was a sort of a sidekick yeah. guy, too. So uh, so they tried out bunches of people, and they were all women. And the, one of the women they tried out was the wife of the station manager. And that so, had to be awkward. And she was good. She was a pro. She 
been a news anchor in San Francisco and other markets. So, I mean, she had a big head start, not just to mention yeah. being the station manager's wife. Right. But um, I didn't like her. I really? Mean, I, she was kind of pushy. I just didn't think, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I'm going to. think she's going to beat you up or something? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought she was too, uh, for me at the time, uh, I just thought she was kind of too in your face. Edgy. And, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain. I, if, but it wasn't my decision to make, uh, it, I thought. But it, in a way, it was mine because they won. It was really important to the PD who had just hired me to get the person that he thought I could work with the best. So he, he, he kept saying, so what do you think? You know, and we, we do these little postmortems after each tryout. Person had come on, be on for a week. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the week, he'd say, what do you think? He'd say, eh. And I was diplomatic. I said, well, I think she's fine, you know. I think it would work out real good. She's sure a pro and blah, blah, blah. So they try out several, and they're all good. And then one week they bring in a woman named Jane Shannon, who who had at that time was working at an FM station in Olympia, I think. And so she comes in. I'd never heard of her before, never heard of any of these people. And she comes in, and she reads the news one day, and I and she's going to be there for a week. And I and I'm my first thought is, boy, she sure got a good voice, man. She sounds yeah, she's like she's got this sounds like a network news yeah, lady, man. This, this, this creamy velvet yeah. husky. It's just a great yeah. It sounds sound. It's gonna make me. It's gonna make me yeah. appear to be better because she's in a part of it. She's got a voice that men that make men fall in love. That's the kind of voice well, Jane has. I think there's that to it, but it's all. But there's also just an authoritative quality which you'd have to hear to you you would know if you heard it you go oh yes oh yes right i get it yeah, yeah. that sounds like because a woman has a tough sh situation in front of her she has to be i mean you, you can't sound like you can't be chirpy you can't sound you can't have too high a voice you can't i, I mean i think this is the general you know you the, women's voices are judged i think way more harshly than men's are at least in old school broadcasting, you needed a certain quality. No, not 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 if you were a guy who had you know a voice like that really high voice. No, but I mean, what I'm saying is there are standards. Not anymore, but there were standards like we want a guy. Right. This is the news. You know, they want a guy <laughs> that that sounds like a certain way. Yes. Como Radio was famous for this. I mean, everybody on Como Radio when I used to listen yeah. before I ever worked there sounded great every guy sounded exactly the same mm -hmm. and they were all just like they, they just left broadcast school they were elocution diction everything was perfect but i would i would argue that it was tougher for a woman because to find that woman mm -hmm. it was a, it was kind of a boys club uh, a broadcasting if you go back in right. the 30s 40s 50s 60s i mean it's mostly guys you heard on the right air. absolutely a woman uh, sports. And even later, sports, 70s and 80s. Sports and 90s, is like that yeah. now, still. Right. More and more women are, are coming in, but, you know, they're having to shoulder their way through the door. So it was impossible for even the biggest uh, 
you know, misogynist to have a problem with Jane Shannon because she sounded great by any standard, regardless of gender. So she was really good. But but we had other women that were really good. And so what was going to be the difference? Mm-hmm. And I and I don't remember the exact context at all, but I do remember the I do remember the impact vividly. One morning we're talking about something and I can't remember what it is. It was a story out of the news. It was about some women a woman I think it was about a woman that had had claimed sexual assault and that there she was up there was a trial somewhere and and somebody was arguing that she made the whole thing up or she exaggerated it and and that this guy that was accused of this was a solid citizen and and she and she was going to ruin his life and she 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 could she can deal with it you know it's just it happened maybe if it did happen it happened once and it wasn't that bad and mm. blah blah you know Jeez. that kind of thing so that led jane uh un you, you know unexpectedly she st- she jumped into the conversation and, and told this riveting story of when she had been in college in texas and she and some co-ed friends had gone over the border to have a party or something down in Mexico. This is a weekend outing. And she told this incredible story of being raped uh, wow. by some strangers that showed up. And, uh, wow. And uh, it, was, it was raw and it was real. And her point was to say, anybody, any man who, does, who if ever had this happen to you, you would not right. entertain for one moment. Uh, the the arguments that this woman's lawyer the the the, the, the lawyer opposing this woman mm-hmm. is making this is the most horrific and she she described it so well it was just you could have heard uh, you know a feather drop it was riveting well told not told in a sappy uh, tearful way but told very very matter of factly and the storytelling was wonderful you were there mm. you could you could and, and so at the end of the week. I told the program director that I, I don't know if you heard her tell this story. And he said, yeah, I did. And I said, well, for what my opinion is worth, uh, that's the difference maker. If somebody can come on and expose their own life in a way that is so raw, so real, uh, and I, I mean, that to me is what radio as a medium has the power to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you can't let somebody like that get away. And so they hired her and... and that's, she's yeah. been around. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. She's been around for Decades, a long, long yeah. time. Uh, you know, she was at different radio stations, um, and then inexplicably got let go from another station. I guess you get any kind of job, you start making too much money in somebody's eyes, and mm-hmm. they think they got to send you down the road, or you get older, and they well, she's obsolete now. But another station snatched her up right away, and she was there for a long, long time, and I'm saying was because um, a few weeks ago, uh, Jane Shannon, our dear friend from we'd known for a long time, was discovered deceased in her house, um, not an old woman. If she was in her 50s, I'm not sure. Yeah, she, I think she was Think she was going to turn 60 this, I believe her Something birthday's like coming up in October, I believe. And, um, and she was found... Uh, dead in her bed and uh, uh, everybody that knew her even a little bit was just stunned not just at the unexpectedness of it but that not 
that somebody like this that is such a live wire had such a big bountiful laugh about mm-hmm. everything and you could you felt like you she was your best friend instantly when you met her um that person couldn't be gone without some, some sort of fanfare right or, or or some sort of notice or you know and, and that's the first thing people ask did she was she having health problems what was going on was and she it's depressed just, yeah. yeah it's just nope blink of an eye there one day gone the next and they, um, do they believe it was a heart uh, attack or, uh yeah i'm not knows? exactly sure but um yeah something you know took her out and it was um extremely upsetting to to yeah. the radio community as yeah. a whole um you know she was the first female broadcaster me being the wet behind the ears traffic girl I aspired to be Jane Shannon. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a fantastic journalist, and I just remember her being extraordinarily kind with this, with me, this sort of, you know, punk traffic reporter. And um, I learned a lot from her. And um, I had a, just a really tough, tough time. She, um, you know, she was discovered because she had. Um, uh, she anchored the afternoon, uh, the afternoon show, and did not uh, show up to work. This was day. on Como Radio, by the way. Right. And we didn't work concurrently on Como Radio, but after Lisa and I, well, she were, went to were asked to leave. She went to Cairo FM. Yeah, she first, was there for and then quite went a while. to Como, and then yeah. went to Como. So we didn't work with her at Como, but we both King worked with her at King and a little bit at Cairo yeah. too. So it was because she did not show up for on air gig you know somebody she was reliable so you knew oh this isn't like her yeah somebody was sent to dispatch to go check it out yeah she lives in in federal way and so that's kind of a long haul to get down from downtown seattle where the stations were to get down there when she first worked when she first worked at king tv uh, king radio by the way she was living in shelton Oh, she was. Yeah, and so That's she a made long haul. a long haul. She made that for a trip. morning show. Absolutely. So if I had to get up at three thirty in the morning or whatever, I got up to get in by six. She had to get up earlier than that. An hour uh, at least. I mean, it was an hour and a half drive, and there was no traffic. But that's how long it was. She made that commute uh, yeah. all the time. Kept talking about moving closer. So I guess as close as she ever got was Federal Way. Yeah, still not that close, but. Always uncomplaining about it, but as you were about to say, it was a coworker that had been sent to go look for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reporter knocked on the door, no answer, and when it went in, uh, thankfully, and discovered her there. But of course, too late to uh, to make a difference. But so does, so many it things does give you pause. So many things, um, you know. It just it really shook me. It's that her passing just really really shook me and i still feel myself getting upset just talking about it um just because it seems so there's a vulnerability that we walk through life with every single day that we don't think about and so there's that sort of selfish feeling of oh my gosh this can happen anytime and then there's also the side of you that is extraordinarily upset that i didn't call her and have lunch mm-hmm. uh, recently or why haven't i stayed in, in better touch with her um just the fact that i've lost now i can't do that with her anymore so that's extremely upsetting 
um, her two boys just feeling that sorrow for them. And they were wonderful at the memorial. Those two boys, uh, I just remember meeting them when they were tiny. And yeah. Um, well, she um, a couple of years ago, she had a one of her boys was in, in theater, I believe, uh, theater, music, something like that. And they, he was part of this big school talent show. And uh, Jane inveigled me, convinced me that I should come and be the MC for this thing down at the, that high school in Federal Way. And uh, I'm not the best at saying no, but I, I've, I've figured out how to do it now over the years. Uh, but you can't, you couldn't say no to Jane. And, and why would I? And right. so, so I went and she had a, we had a wonderful time and she was so appreciative of us. And I thought, God, she's a, such a nice person. I, I would do anything for her. Uh, but that, because she was supporting her son who wanted to go on to college and be a musician or, or an actor or whatever. So as a mom, she was first rate for sure. Yeah. And uh, now that the, these boys are both grown up, uh, essentially on their own, uh, the, the, it doesn't change. You're, you still feel the loss enormously, maybe even more so, because now you're a thinking adult and you can look back and recognize what an what a incredible parent this was. Three- and four-year-olds that lose their parents, that's awful too, but they, don't, they, don't, they can't appreciate the breadth of love that they receive from, from a parent that uh, was demonstrated by her all the time. So, yeah, that was a blow. But, you know, she was all alone in her house, and if it hadn't been for that Como reporter being aggressive enough to find out, well, I'm not going to leave it at that just because she's not coming to the door. I better find out why she's not answering her phone. Mm-hmm. Let, let me go take a look. And, and that's when the discovery was made. But I know for people like you and many others who are the, the sole person, there's not, you're not in a nursing home where people are checking on you every two hours or whatever. Uh, that probably figured into a little bit of your, uh, of, of your yes, concern about my distress, all of this. I think, the, the, over that really came to sort of haunt me that week as well because I don't have a job where people would miss me. I don't have an appointment every day with somebody that they would say, oh, she didn't show up. Or, mm-hmm. or if I did have an appointment with a client, they don't know me well enough to right. know that I'm not being a flake. They would just assume, oh, can we you believe we hired that voice talent and she didn't show up for a session? Well, they might, they might then call your boss or if they wanted to pursue it that far. But and I'm say, the boss. Where is she? But, I mean, you ultimately work for another company, so they might call them and say, hey, this woman didn't. didn't and maybe there, then they might it, investigate. It wouldn't be but, immediate, though. But it wouldn't be, and it wouldn't be it, typical, probably. It problem. might be maybe, I don't know, a day or two when I'm on the road if I didn't show up for a workshop that I was teaching. Um, that might be, but again, I don't teach those regularly. So the point was I was feeling just incredibly sad about it all anyway. And then on top of that, my own vulnerability, just my anxiety over that shot sky high. And I thought, you know what, I, I need, and I couldn't ask somebody like, I couldn't say, Hey Pat, can I call you every morning? And then the one day I don't call, I just don't want to be that intrusive to people and I figured well I was you talk- can I was talking that no I can't sure I just, you can no it's just it's too intrusive 
just to call every morning and go, I'm still breathing. Okay, bye. You could just call him and say, get your fat ass out of bed. You know what I mean? That'd be a service for me. And so I was discussing it with some friends and somebody said, there's got to be an app or a program. There has to be for people who live alone that there's some sort of a dead man switch that if you don't do something, people get notified. Well, they had that old thing, you know, I've fallen and I can't get up thing, but you'd have to be conscious to use that. Remember that thing they used to advertise on TV? Well, it was some kind of an alert thing. Yeah. But, I've fallen and I can't get up. And then they call a medical person and they come to you. Yeah, your, they still have rescue. those. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, there there is that sort of thing. Well, I can't. Well, but what if I just all of a sudden die? I can't. Well, that's go what I'm back saying. And then that's press what I'm saying. You have to be conscious oh, right. to use it. Right. Yeah. So that wouldn't work. Well, it wouldn't work in that case. Uh, case of I'm sudden not, death. But. I'm not afraid of falling and not getting up. I'm afraid of... Well, it's not just for that. ...passing away and nobody knowing for three days or four days or five days or a week. I mean... Oh, after a week, they'd get an idea. I don't know. You know, no, nobody... You're, no, you're I right. don't have anybody I check in with daily. And it was becoming just really disturbing to me. And it's not because I care so much about... Me and making sure, oh, gosh, I really hope that somebody finds me. It's my dog. It's my dog that bothers me that if I I don't want him to suffer. Because mm-hmm. he'd starve to death. He'd or, be in, the, in yeah, the house. Yeah. I don't want him to suffer and be confused and upset and and hurt. And so I, I went online. It'd be, it'd and, be the same as some single parent, you know, with their child. I mean, I, that, that right. sort of thing is scary. You know? Very scary. Now, you can teach children, though, to dial 911. You can't teach a dog to dial 911. Well, my dog could. I mean, yours isn't that bright. No offense. but <laughs> Which means I had to research a solution to this. Yeah. It was really bothering me, really bothering me. So I, I started going online, and I, there's a lot of different programs out there. Most of them are geared towards senior citizens, um, mm-hmm. like your mom. If your mom was living alone, you could <clears throat> record a message that gets played and sent to her every day. And, and I didn't want that. It's not. I'm not a senior citizen. I'm not. That's not what I was after. You know what? Uh, not to to bring it back to me but it, that's what happened with my mom yeah my brother just happened to go by her house oh one day see? and found her curled up by her bed she'd had a stroke and had been lying there for a better part of a day see and yeah she ultimately did pass away but not immediately right and maybe if she'd gotten more immediate care might have, might have been able to serve her better but yeah they have programs um i found a lot out i researched this all weekend after uh, jane's memorial service I, I spent pretty much the whole weekend looking up stuff um they have great programs for for latchkey kids this that that have to check in at a certain time and that sort of thing and none of these were really um what i was after because again i wanted something that was non-intrusive to to my care circle I don't want you to be notified every day that I'm okay. I want you notified on the day I'm not okay. That's what was important to me. So I finally found a program. Um, I'm going to give them a free plug here called IamFine.com. Yeah, and here's a little thing from their website. Many of us have an elderly parent or loved one that lives independently. You check in every so often, but sometimes you're busy with work or travel. What if something were to happen to them? How would you know? Get peace of mind with I'm Fine, 
a service that automatically calls your loved one daily to make sure they're all right. All they have to do is pick up and press 1, and on the off chance they don't pick up, we'll try again throughout the day and ping you once we know they're okay. What's also neat is you can create a care circle of friends and family who share your concern. Each member can choose to get notified as soon as their loved one checks in, or only if they don't answer. Know there's someone checking in on your loved one when you can't. Sign up and try it for free. No credit card required. And what this program does is you um, invite people to be in your care circle, provide email addresses. The program calls you every day. So every morning, and I set the time when I want it. So every morning right now, I have it set for 8.45 a.m. Um, Did you do it a couple times a day? Well, I don't... Quince is going to be fine if it's a whole day. I don't know if you can do it a couple times a day, but once a day is pretty much... Yeah, okay. So you're not looking for a service that comes to your rescue, revives you, and saves your life because you've been unconscious. It's just just that uh, we're assuming, okay, that's it, she's gone, and now now we think about the dog. Well, well... They, they don't do anything. Service doesn't do anything other than call me. Other than call you. It's an automated service. So if they- you don't answer, your phone is dead, uh, you've, you've lost power. I mean, whatever it could be, what happens then? Right. So at 845, I get the call. It says, I am, this is I am fine. It's automated. Press 1 if you're okay. Press one. I do this every morning now. Press one. If I don't answer and don't press one, it'll continue to call several times during that hour. And once that hour is up, that's when the dead man switch goes. And it, now the service starts to contact all the people in my care circle. I got you. Via text, via phone, saying, just letting you know. We don't know if anything's wrong, but we haven't heard from her. And it makes me so much more relaxed Isn't that now. Great? Oh yeah. my god. I go to bed every night feeling so like somebody's relaxed. watching over you. Yes. Yeah. And and again it's just that I know that if I don't wake up that morning people are going to you know and maybe I am just unconscious. That would be a great thing too that, that somebody could come save my bacon. But if the worst case scenario is that I'm not okay that at least Quince will be taken care of. And he won't have to sit here for days and days until somebody goes, you know, it's just really weird. I haven't heard from her. You know, maybe we should go bust in and see what's going on. That just was such a devastating thought to me. And is how expensive is the service? It's so cheap. It's like 120 bucks a year. Oh, that's great. Something crazy like that. Ten bucks a month. This was started by two boys, uh, two men who were brothers whose mother lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where they lived, but they just were like, we're just frantic because we can't remind her to call every single day. And it's hard for us to remember to do it. So we wanted to create some program that wasn't intrusive where you had to be notified every day. We just wanted something that if something happened, then we would be notified. Not that gotcha. they don't want to talk to their mom every day. Uh, so, uh, again, it's called IamFine.com. Um, it's a fabulous program. Well, I think it's got to be psychologically kind of 
kind of nice too, you know. Oh, so nice. Somebody knows I'm here. Right. Is, is that I'm, they're aware of me being on this planet. And they're checking you know, in. you're right. There is something to that too because I think that's the other thing that was upsetting to me is I feel like I just don't have anybody who I have tons of people I love and care about, but I'm not enmeshed in an, a daily routine with them mm-hmm. every day. I don't talk to you every day. I don't talk to my neighbor every day. I don't talk to sometimes my aunt talk, every day. Sometimes you don't talk to me and we're in the middle of this podcast. You'll, you'll, exactly. You'll look the other way. So it is, um, it's made me feel enormously relieved and um, uh, it is worth every penny. And um, I'm just glad that, you know, Quince will be okay. And yeah. I feel good now. I feel a little bit um, safer. I yeah. guess. Good. Well, you took you took control of it, and that's neat. I, you could also look at something like that, and then say, "Well, there is no such service. I know. I'll start the service." You know, you, that's you, what those guys did. That's what they that's did. That's what those yeah. two guys did. So. Well, we are getting near the end of this road, but thank you for telling that story. And, and rest in peace, Jane Shannon. What yeah. a, what a wonderful human. You will be I missed know. so much more than you know. Some people won't be missed. Some people won't. But she but she will. She absolutely will. I was born by the river In a little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long A long time coming But I know Change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. Cause I don't know what's up there beyond the sky. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes it will. I, I thought we maybe could wrap this up with something a little more, if not uplifting, a little more, uh, I don't know, a little more what. But there, there was, you of all people, of course, come across this story. But a, It's a, a great story. It is a great story. Officials in San Francisco have begun coating walls near bars and areas frequented by the homeless with a special liquid-resistant paint that repels pee. This is so brilliant. Spokesperson says, The urine will bounce back on the guy's pants and shoes. (laughs) The idea is that they'll think twice next time about urinating in public. And apparently requests for this pee-proof paint or pouring in yes and this this um story came out a few months ago and i clipped it and saved it and never got a chance to talk to you about it well Um, i have to tell you that and this is telling people more than they want to know but i'm lucky enough to live on in a place it's sort of rural we live out in the sticks and so many times when i come home after a long drive. Oh, don't tell me this. You I, can't wait to get in the house. I can't wait to get in the house because we have I have two dogs. <laughs> and I know that the ritual is when I open the door, the dogs are gonna jump all over me. They're gonna want treats. We're gonna spend and I don't I got it I got something way more urgent to take care of first. 
So I don't feel I can't you go feel in the house. They're going to block your way or something. Yes, you can't they just will. Bowl past. And them? many times, I'll, many times I will go to the bathroom and I'll I'll just get ready to go and the dog will come in and start drinking the, uh, the, out of the toilet and so I got to wait for him. To, you don't shut the door. His thirst to be slaked before oh my I can. God. So so I do. I will get out on our property and uh, un- actually, under a tree. Do and, you actually pee on the tree? Do you pee on a rock sometimes? Yeah, on a rock. Do so? Do you sometimes aim for like one weed? No, 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 no place. In you don't particular. play. You don't play any games. No, just you want it just to. Yeah, isn't that the most sweet relief there is it when is. you've been holding it, it for is. so long? Yeah, and and then you finally you're like, I'm not going to make it. I I'm not going to make it. If this traffic slows down, I'm not going to make it. Oh, I know. It's I am a terrible almost feeling. doubled over in pain. It's a terrible feeling. And then feeling. you make it, and you make it, and you scramble in, and you get into the house, and it's like you almost want to cry. It feels so good. Well, the other end, of course, is pretty bad too. I mean, when that, when that, and there's a Louis, that is even worse because a, then you know there was a Louis C.K. episode of his show Louis where he's walking downtown with his daughters and, and he's in that that call of nature has hit him and he's nowhere to go and he's just he going, oh my god, what am I going to do? And his daughters are watching him, and they and then I think one of the daughters just says, "Dad, just let it go." In your pants? Yeah, just let it go. Oh and he find and he finally does, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, you're right on balance. I, that is the thing to do." I was in such pain. Yeah, no, it's I, horrible. It's still not so good, but at least I'm not painting. So anyway, this pee-proof paint now will repel. <laughs> they they launched Europe. this uh, or rolled it out in San Francisco. I guess they have a real pee problem there, but um, it's expanding to other cities. What do you have? You seen the? We obviously haven't seen the video. I actually looked up the video on how it works. They demonstrate how it works, and it's true. You pee against the building, and it doesn't. It's like rubber. Is or it something. a commercial? No, it's not a commercial. It's just a video on how this paint works. Oh, this is Action News with Emily Mowry. Public urinators in San Francisco better watch out. The city is taking a new approach to deter away from peeing in public. Now anyone who attempts to relieve themselves on the wall could have their urine bounce back on them, possibly hitting their clothes or shoes. For Newsbeat Social, I'm Emily Maury. This has been Action News. Well, I don't know if, uh, I mean, I'm sure there are people, uh, homeless advocates that are saying, oh, great. Well, it's just one more w- way that you can think of to make these people's lives a little little yeah. worse off. Yeah, yeah. They, now they don't have anywhere to pee. Gee, Thanks a lot. We wouldn't want them pe- peeing on your precious condominium, your gated community. But it does bring up a really good argument. Where are you supposed to go? I mean, you know. I always wonder about that when I'm downtown. I see homeless people or people. I say, where do they go? Because... You know, there are always in guard, the alley. There's guards in front That's of every downtown go. building. Nope, you can't come in here. And so where are they going to go? They go in the alley. That's why this paint was invented. Yeah. So now so, what? So I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, didn't remember they tried those um, um, those bathrooms? Yeah, what yeah. were they? And uh, I, Seattle. Yeah. Like, and they, yeah. And then they they would op- the doors would open automatically, right. and you could go in. And then I guess the doors they became like a 
hideout hangout for right. drug dealers and stuff. So, so uh, they've they've got some new versions of it now around town. But you know, they're not like on every street corner, and sometimes they're not convenient for a homeless person to use. So I I don't know. It it of course speaks to the bigger problem this horrible scourge of homelessness in our towns and country anyway well and maybe we need and i I don't mean to not to ignore that but i'm just trying to think of the solution i mean maybe you know you need bathrooms that are manned by people like security guards that that because if i'm it's not just the homeless people if i'm walking downtown i mean i guess i could zip into a store and use their bathroom right but still There are situations. I was downtown for a court date downtown Seattle once where I had to be there at Well, I don't 7th. feel sorry for you then. If you're a criminal, then that's a different matter. But I had to be down there like at 730 in line ready when it, I was fighting a ticket. I don't know. And driving there, drinking a lot of coffee along the way, right? Right. Well, let me just tell you, it wasn't that one. It wasn't that number. Uh-oh. Exactly. Nothing is open at 730 in the morning. And I almost started to panic, and I thought, "What am I going to do? Am I going to have to get in the turn? I'm not. You know, you think of all these things. What am and I going to do?" And little beads of sweat start to form on your brow. And I was uncomfortable, and I'm like, "There's got to be." And so there's nothing open. Like it's not like a Starbucks's. I would have to have gotten back into my car and driven all the way down to for, to find. Nothing's open. Please, Lord, let a building be open. And I'm literally just squeezing. <laughs> My, my cheeks. I'm sorry. My phone. It's the police. I can't answer that. I'm sorry. This is in the middle of our play. I'm sorry that went off. Uh, well, could you have used that with the, the judge to perhaps have your sentence either reduced or revoked altogether? Because, uh, Your Honor, uh, really you're not, you're not going to like what happens here in about... <laughs> five more seconds no no i wasn't at the court the court oh. they don't even your my court thing wasn't even until eight thirty. you had to show up and be there by eight so i got down there at seven thirty. i didn't want to be late they never address that problem you never notice in the movies you know you name a movie gone with the wind nobody ever has that that, that, we... that daily event which happens several times a day it never well, happens in the movies all people maybe for you it does <laughs> in the movies you know, Rhett, Brett, what will I do? Where will I go? (laughs) Frankly, my dear, I can't answer right now. I've got to go. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. (laughs) Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.